Hey everyone, welcome to Pills and Needles, the podcast about mental health and tattoos. In this episode, we're going to talk about medication. I actually recorded another episode, but I've decided not to post it because it was so freaking boring. And I have realized that despite the fact that the only thing he does is snore, this dog, this monster dog, is really part of this podcast. Because when he wasn't around, when I recorded it, it just didn't work. So yeah, I have accepted it. My co-host is a snoring dog. See, it works, right? Okay, we're going to talk about medication. I actually was going to talk about something else originally. But things have been happening over the past few days and I just need to vent. It has been insanely hard to get my hands on my medicine. I am not even kidding. I think that over the past four days, we have gone to over 20 drugstores to look for it. And it's nowhere. And I I complained about the same thing back in August. I posted about it on Facebook about how it usually takes me three to four drugstores, like trips to three to four drugstores before I find my medication. And that is insane. And I said, you know, when people are depressed, usually just dragging yourself out of bed is a chore. And if you don't even know if you can get your meds when you go out, like how are you going to be motivated to even try? And A depressed person wouldn't exactly have that energy to jump from store to store to look for it. When I posted that, I had some people who were expressing the same thing about how difficult it was to find their own medication, whether it was for mental illness or it was for migraines and different things. But there were people too who made suggestions that actually made me feel kind of stupid. Because they were really logical suggestions. And I was like, yeah, why didn't I do that? They were like, one, what we usually do is just call the drugstore and reserve the stuff we need and then just pick it up. Or we actually ask the drugstore to call the other branches to find the medicine for us. And then we just go to that one instead of hopping from one place to another. And then some people were like, oh, we ordered from this online drugstore. But those things haven't helped. My medicine is nowhere to be found it has been so frustrating and annoying and just it shouldn't be this hard like why 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 is it so hard to buy medicine it doesn't make sense so yeah vent over kind of but i wanted to take you through my journey too and how i actually ended up going on med something that i always swore i wouldn't do because when I first went to my doctor, I said, my plan was, if she even brought up the possibility of me going on meds, I would say, no way, no, 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 no. I was really worried that the medication would change the way I think. And my job relies heavily on the way I think because I write for a living. I come up with ideas. That's what I do. 
And if my brain wasn't functioning like it has always been, how was I going to do my work? And so I told my doctor that, and she, and she explained to me that that's not how the medicines work. They actually help you stabilize your mood, and they take care of the imbalance in your brain, and you'll actually feel more like the way you felt before the depression hit, and they can even help you concentrate, given that you end up with the right medication because of course it's not always easy some people end up having to take a cocktail of medicine some people have to some people end up taking different ones until they find the right one so anyway when she explained that to me all my plans of arguing and debating with her just disappeared i was like okay let's give it a shot because i really just wanted to do whatever it took to feel better and so she prescribed two medicines because I was diagnosed with clinical depression and anxiety disorder. For my depression, she prescribed Zimbalta, which is a brand of deloxetine. That's the generic name. And it's an antidepressant. And then for my anxiety, she prescribed Rivotril, which is a clonazepam, and it's actually an, a seizure medication, an anti-seizure medication that's also prescribed to people with anxiety. And it's a sedative, it's a tranquilizer. It calms you and just helps you sleep actually too much, which I will get into in a bit. So when she prescribed those things, she said, I want you to watch out for the side effects. I'm not going to tell you what they might be, and I don't want you googling them either, but I just want you to observe yourself and see how you feel. Because that would tell her if the medicines would be the right one for me. Because if the side effects were too much, she would have me change meds. And so I did that. I started taking my medicine and I monitored how I felt and let me take you through the side effects that I felt while taking the meds at first so the initial side effects were nausea dry mouth like sometimes it even felt like my throat was closing. I mean, not in a really dramatic way, way where I couldn't breathe, but it just, it just kind of felt like everything was tighter. I don't know if that makes sense. And then drowsiness, exhaustion, loss of appetite, although the depression took care of that even before the meds did. And so at that point, I wasn't really eating. And then... After that, there were more side effects, bruising all over my body, restlessness. Like I would find myself constantly tapping my feet, which was something that I didn't do before. Um, I also had a tendency to become off balance and I'm already a klutz to begin with. But it just got worse. Like I would just be trying to put on my shoes and I would almost fall over. But that didn't last for a very long time. That's the thing about the side effects. They go away after a while. And because we are being completely honest here, I'm going to tell you that one of the worst ones was actually constipation. 
guys, it was terrible. I do not wish that on anyone. And so when I returned to the doctor after a week and I told her these were the side effects, she was like, okay, mild side effects, let's continue. So I started taking the meds, I continued taking the meds, and I was functioning at work. I did not have problems concentrating. I was putting out good work. Um, I just kept taking them. But I misunderstood because she said, just be patient. The meds will take about two weeks before they start kicking in, and then you'll feel full efficacy after eight weeks. And I thought stupidly that that meant after eight weeks, I could just go off them. Ah, uh, nope. She said, no, full efficacy is after eight weeks, but you need to keep taking the medicine. And her plan was she prescribed the medicines to me in December of 2015. And her plan was to discuss with me after a year if I was supposed to go off them. But of course, between that time, there would be regular visits with her because we were doing talk therapy as well. And I was seeing her regularly and so yeah um and then she did try to manage my expectations and she said that you that about a third of her patients end up having to take maintenance medicines for the rest of their lives of course that's something i don't want to do but at that point i was like let's just start talking about it when it's time to talk about it but there was this this was the thing simalta was working really well for me but I, and after a while, all the side effects disappeared, except for one, drowsiness. I was just constantly sleepy. It was crazy. But I blamed the Rivotril more for that. And I actually even experimented with a time I should take the medicine. Like sometimes I take it in the morning. Sometimes I would take them in the afternoon, sometimes at night, just to figure out when is the perfect time to take it that I don't feel so sleepy, but it didn't matter. I was sleepy all the time. And so at that point, I was only taking one-fourth of a Rivotril tablet every day, and that was still too much. That was just 0.5 milligrams. And then I was taking 60 milligrams of Cymbalta every day. And so after a while, I told my doctor, it's just too much. Like I'm just sleepy all the time. And she said, okay, if you're still sleepy, why don't you just take one-eighth, I think, of the medicine? And this is the funny thing. Rivotril is already a really small tablet, and I was cutting it into fourths. She wanted me to cut it into eighths. I felt like a cocaine addict because seriously... What happened was I would just end up rubbing white powder all over my mouth or my gums like cocaine addicts did. Because that's how powdery it got because that's how small it was. Like I was basically crushing it to just get a little of it. And even that still made me so sleepy. So after a while, I told her, I really don't like it because it's really too much. And she's like, but so actually no what I did was I stopped taking it like the jerk that I am and this is where I am telling you I'm being completely honest about my journey because I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I have and so I stopped taking the river drill although that one doesn't feel like a mistake you'll understand in a bit so I went to my doctor and I said doc I have a confession and she said what you stopped taking your meds which goes to show how often this happens, right? If that's her first guess. 
And I said, no, just the Rivotril because it just really makes me so sleepy. And she's like, but how are you sleeping? And I said, really well, like I have no problem sleeping. And she said, okay, maybe it's time to go off it. So I just keep the Rivotril on hand in case I have panic attacks or in case I need to sleep and I couldn't sleep, which isn't a problem. It almost never is a problem. So I just have it ready. Like I still have a few tablets from, I think, last year. And then the Cymbalta, this is the thing. Cymbalta is a pretty expensive medicine. When you hear the price, it's around 140, 130 pesos. It doesn't sound expensive, right? But when you think about the fact that you have other bills to pay and that appointments with your shrink, they're not exactly cheap and your health insurance doesn't cover that, it just adds up and it, it, it becomes... A burden too and so and this is the thing another thing that we should talk about in another episode we can spend an entire episode about this i don't understand why healthcare providers don't cover mental health in this country it just makes zero sense can you imagine my office has a pretty good healthcare provider and that healthcare provider takes a chunk of my salary every month no every payday which is twice a month i have never used it i have been with a newspaper for close to no for 19 years but i've been a full-time employee for almost 15 years in the entire time that i've been there i have only used my health care insurance twice once for dengue fever and once when I started running after the depression and I got runner's knee from running too much. That's another stupid story. They don't cover mental health. So basically, I've been paying for nothing. And it makes zero sense because, like I've said, mental health is essential in the job that I do. So why not, right? So anyway... But that's an entirely different topic that we can cover later on. So yeah, so my doctor knows her patients complain about how expensive Zimbalda is, but it's really effective. And so one day she tells me, hey, there's a generic version of Zimbalda. It's just been released and it's new. Do you want to switch to it? And I said, "Uh, but what do you know about the side effects? Are they going to be exactly the same? Am I going to have to go through that again? And she said that the drug is so new that she didn't know yet because her patients had only started switching to it. But it was so new that her patients were so happy about the cost of that medicine because it just costs a third of the cost of Cymbalta. So they made the switch. And this medicine is Sinil. And so I said, nah, I think I'm going to stick with Cymbalta for a while. But then after a while, I'm like, you know what? Why am I being stupid? This was months later. I was like, yeah, it's freaking expensive. Let me try this. I mean, if it's a generic version, shouldn't it be the same thing? Like, it can't be completely different, right? It's still supposed to do the same job. So it's probably going to be as effective, right? And so I said, okay, fine. I'm going to make the switch. Oh, and at this point too, okay, this is the thing. I did something that a lot of people who are on meds do. I started, I was feeling really good 
one because the medicine was working and two because I was in a new relationship and so of course you know you have other things going on and you're just really happy and you're like you know what I'm feeling really better and maybe I don't need the medication anymore and so I only started taking them I started taking the meds only about three times a week and so the next time that I went to my doctor I said I have another confession and she said what did you stop taking your meds and I said no but I take it three times a week and she said but how are you feeling and I said actually good and she said you know what maybe if you're doing the 60 milligrams three times a week maybe we can start tapering and I said and I want to switch to the cheaper version so we were gonna switch to Sinil I think she was gonna put me on the 40 milligrams of Sinil and this is what happened when I went to to the drugstore to get it they did not have the 40 milligram capsules and you know what I did and don't do this please I said Eh, screw it. I'm just not going to take it anymore. I'm fine anyway. Because I really thought I was completely fine. And I did not need the medicine anymore. And so I stopped taking the meds completely. I was just in this whirlwind of happiness. And just like, yeah, I am perfectly fine. I don't need the meds. Two months later, December again, right before Christmas, I go down enter the mall, see the Christmas decor. And the plan was to start buying presents, but I felt like I was being choked, like I had to leave immediately. And I think it was the same day or the next day, I went to the supermarket to buy food, and I spent the entire time trying not to cry. I just felt so weird. And... And I knew like I was noticing different things going on. I was really in a bad place. And I said, I have to go back to her. I think I was having a relapse. And yep, that's what happened. Two months after I started taking my medicine, I did have a relapse. And I felt so stupid because it was a year later. And I was exactly where I was the year before. It was right before Christmas. I was crying in my shrink's office. And she was once again prescribing antidepressants. And I told her I feel so stupid. It's like I set back my treatment. And it's I'm back at square one. And she said it happens. But the good thing is you know the medicines work. And so they're going to work again. And so she put me back on Cymbalta. I actually asked for it. And I said, I don't want to do Sinil. I want to do Cymbalta. I just want to get better. And so I started taking it. This time, it was a bigger struggle. I don't know why, but it was harder to go through the side effects. It took much longer for me to adjust to it. Um, it was pretty bad. I would get emotional. I would cry. I couldn't sleep. It was... It was a pretty difficult two months. And then I finally adjusted. And so I began 2017 feeling better. And then I finally said to the doctor again, okay, I want to switch to Sinil again because, yeah, I want the lower cost because I was sick of paying so much for medicines. And then that brings me to my current problem, which is, the fact that Sinil is so difficult to buy. I feel like maybe so many people switch to it 
that the supply isn't enough. But seriously, if the pharmaceutical company knows that there's a big demand for it, why are they not producing more of it? Why are they not bringing in more? I don't know. If somebody from a pharmaceutical company is listening to this and can explain, I would love to hear it. I would just want to understand. Or even somebody from a drugstore, I want to understand. Because what the people at the drugstore are saying is it's not their it's not their fault, that it's the supplier's fault. And I actually called the headquarters of the pharmaceutical company that produces Sinil, but they haven't gotten back to me. And you know that yesterday, I was so desperate to get my medication that I actually called the National Mental Hospital because a friend had said, you know what, you want, you might want to try the drugstore because they're even cheaper and yeah, they should have it. Because yeah, if there's a place that should have whatever mental health, whatever mental disorder medicines that are needed, shouldn't it be the National Mental Hospital that has it? I don't know if that sentence just made sense, but whatever, you get what I mean. Shouldn't the National Mental Hospital have every freaking possible medicine that there is for mental health? But I called and I said, is a drugstore open? And they're like, yep, it's open 24 hours. And I call and they're like, nope, we don't have Sinal. You know, like, what the hell? So what I've been doing is, on days when I really couldn't get my hands on Sinal, I've been taking Cymbalta. And I don't even know if that's a right thing to do, if I am allowed to do that, to switch to generic, non-generic, generic, non-generic on different days. I will find out when I talk to my shrink, and I should really go to her soon again. Um, yeah, so that is the end of my rant, I think. Let me give you a bit more snoring dog for the people who listen to this, just for that part. I am not insulted at all. I like listening to it too. Here we go. That is beautiful. Keep it coming, Morty. Come on. More. I think I woke him up. Snore. Good boy. There. Oh, and because this is Pills and Needles and we cannot end an episode without talking about tattoos, let me tell you a funny story. So remember how I told you I got a birthday tattoo and then my shrinking ninja tattoo last week, right? After a couple of days, which is what usually happens to me when it when the tattoos start healing, I'm like, should I really want another one? And then I thought, hey, hang on. I think I made an appointment with one of my favorite tattoo artists who's really hard to book. Like, you usually have to book him months in advance because his schedule gets super full. So I think I made an appointment with him for November. Great. And then I, th- it's a good thing I thought about checking our messages because when I checked, my appointment was for next week. No. Yeah, for this week, actually, because it's Monday now. Yep, for Wednesday. And I was like, holy crap. So I messaged him. Hey, are we on for Wednesday? And he's like, yeah. And I said, oh, crap. I completely forgot. Of course, I didn't tell him that. But I do have a list of tattoos that I want anyway. And so I've kind of made my choice. I'm really excited about them. So yeah, I am getting tattooed again. And I was thinking, what if I record a podcast while getting tattooed? I don't know if I can do it. Let me think about it. Maybe I can even interview him while he's tattooing me. If he lets me, we'll see. Let me figure it out. Uh, apart from that, I wanted to read to you a message that I got. Because 
it's been great guys the podcast has been up for what like less than a week and i just have i've been touched by the messages that people have been sending about it i'm really happy that something that i record right here on my messy bed has been touching people and just helping them feel less alone i asked for permission to share this message with you guys um this was sent by arvin while she was in the middle of listening to the second episode of the podcast which was about anxiety she said pam i haven't finished listening to the second episode of your podcast but damn that was my childhood i've recently gone to therapy but had to stop for a few months my therapist never mentioned anxiety or any name for what i experience we were about to go through processing those bad thoughts but then i stopped going i know your podcast's not an open invitation for your listeners to share their thoughts and lives with you but i felt the urge to message cause i can't believe it's not just me i've always described myself as a drama queen kid and thought that i outgrew the bad thoughts but slowly it's catching up in different ways less recognizable but more destructive ways if that makes sense She said she's working on becoming okay. I'm just used to downplaying it also because what I experience is not as severe or as obvious as my depressed friend. Or it's probably just a case of an overly attached kid, etc. Different things, but nothing described it perfectly like you did. As a kid, I actually used to hope that I had what my friend had because at least they know what's wrong and so they can try to do something versus just swimming in dreadful thoughts and fears that didn't make sense. So thanks for sharing this. Reminded me to focus on dealing with this versus trying to ignore it. Also, I totally support what you're doing. And she said, Now I know how unfair and uninformed it was to wish I suffered depression and it's totally not to cheapen or trivialize that ordeal. As a kid, it just showed how badly I wanted to be able to name what I was experiencing because putting a name to it might mean being able to stop it. And I have had a great um, exchange of messages with her and I'm really glad that she reached out. I feel like one of the things when we're going through something, especially things that we can't explain, like things that are going on in our brain, like what the hell is this, right? One of the things that really helps before you even manage to get treatment or get the help that you need is just knowing that somebody's been there, that somebody else has gone through it, has survived it, is surviving it, will survive it. That's the thing, no matter how shitty our circumstances are no matter what problem it is that you're dealing with whether it's mental health or something else somebody else has gone through it is going through it will go through it and it's not a misery loves company kind of thing but it's more like people have survived this and you can too and you will just take the proper steps let me remind you though because we talked about medication a lot Please, please, please never self-medicate. And I remember distinctly a friend telling me that what you were doing, what I was doing, what I was doing with my meds, me just changing my dose, like taking it every other week or deciding to just take this little amount of it is actually a form of self-medication and I will never, never, never do that again. So yeah, 
don't self-medicate don't just if you have a friend who's like depressed and she's like maybe you can take my medicine no 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 don't grab anyone else's medicine you need to go to a doctor who will give you the proper medicine that you need to take who will guide you through the process who will tell you if this is working for you if it's not she'll give you a different one he'll give you a different one just don't do that another thing if you're already on meds and you feel like you're feeling better and you feel like ah, i don't need it anymore i'm just gonna stop don't don't this is a mistake so many of us have made i have made i have learned from it and i really have learned my lesson i am never gonna go off my meds until my doctor tells me it's the proper time to start tapering because i just don't want to go through the relapse again it was horrific and i don't want you to go through the same thing again so please if you're on meds keep taking them um i remember my doctor telling me because i told her but i felt so good like i felt normal and she said the reason you felt good is because the medicines were working it didn't mean you were supposed to stop so yeah i remember that every time and i know it sucks it sucks to think about i don't even like that idea of having to take medication like really i rely on this thing to function but you know what it's it's the payoff is fine because i am functioning i am actually happy i am enjoying life i am able to enjoy the people around me i am able to do things with them and have fun with them and not just be in bed and just struggling every day you know um and sometimes it's hard to explain it to the people around you too because in many cases it's not even the patient or the person going through the mental disorder or the mental illness who doesn't want to take the medication sometimes it's the people around them like my mom finally found out today about how difficult it's been to get my medicine and she's of course worried about it she's like what are you gonna do how are you gonna get it and and she's like you shouldn't even have started taking it and i'm like no that's not the solution that's not how it works you don't say since it's hard to find you just shouldn't have started taking it no because it's been working well it's just a matter of finding the supply and until then i'm gonna keep taking the shitty expensive cymbalta which isn't really shitty because it works so yeah that's it for now i hope i will have positive updates about the medicine hunting if you are also struggling to find your medicine i want to hear about it and reach out to me remember what arvin said about this not being an open invitation for you to share your thoughts and your lives with me It really is an open invitation. This is a safe place for us to discuss whatever it is that we are going through. Whether you fear that you're depressed or you may be going through something else or maybe you have anxiety, you don't know, you want to talk, you want to ask, like, how do I get a shrink? Feel free to just message me. Um, Pills and Needles has a Facebook page, but there's nothing on it yet, but you can message me through that. You can also email Pills and Needles podcast at gmail.com. Pills and Needles is also on Twitter as Pills and Needles and on Instagram, which again is also empty, but it's there if you need to reach out. It's Pills and Needles podcast. So there, I would love to hear from you. Just feel free. Let us all connect and just, it really is a good thing to have a safe place where we can talk about these things without fear of stigma or being judged or anything and if you have messages that you want to share with other people i would gladly read them for you if you want to keep things between us i would 
I promise to keep them between us. You can be anonymous. You can change your name. Whatever you want. Let's just, but let's keep talking. Ah, what else do I want to say? I feel like I've talked too much. So you deserve a little more snoring. And then we're going to say goodbye. Until next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.